shoulder, everybody. We're going to make a start. Feel free to stand up, move around. Make use of the space available. Plenty of dancing room. This is Hosea 10, verse 12. Plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. The word that I feel God's saying tonight is now is the time to seek the Lord. Now is the time to seek him. You know? Not next week, not tomorrow, not the third song in, which we're all guilty of doing, me and you, you know? We wait around and then we finally talk to the Lord halfway through our gathering, right? Let's do it now. So I'm just gonna, I was gonna um, pray through the lyrics of our first song because I think they're really powerful. Um, and whatever, um, whatever you want to do in response to that, if you want to pray them with me, Linda, if maybe if you want to put them up on the on the screen as well, um, or if you just want to close your eyes and agree with them in your heart. Um, the first two lines are something I think we all need to pray because now is the time to seek the Lord at every moment. Now's the time, right? The first two lines are, I open up to you this love that makes me new. Right? God, I open up to you this love that makes me new. Oh, may my heart receive this love that carries me. From the head to the heart, you take me on a journey of letting go and getting lost in you. My heart is open wide. I will receive your light. You give me faith like a child. In you, my heart runs wild. Because there is no shame in looking like a fool. When I give you what I can't keep to take a hold of you. Father, we thank you there is no shame. There is no condemnation. We're here for you, first and foremost. And right now we say, we open up to you. God, we open up to you. Why don't you just pray that wherever you are. God, I open up to you.
take a hold of you I 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 take a hold of you more than words more than good ideas I found your love in the open fields more than words than words, more than good
moment. The first verse says, you unravel me with a melody. And, and as I thought on that uh, idea or picture, uh, God gave me this picture of people here tonight who are like wrapped up in yarn. So wrapped up in string and it was like, we're singing tonight, I am a child of God. We're making a declaration. This is who we are. This is our standing point. We are children of God. We are children of God, right? But I, in my spirit, I feel that some people here are going, well, I don't know. And I just feel really strongly to encourage you as we sing tonight. I've asked Aaron to jump back into verse one. You unravel me. You know, God's here to unravel you tonight. You are his child. You're not just someone. Read Psalm 139. He knows you. God knows you and you are His child. As we sing, I want you to capture hold of that and say, God, come and unravel me. Unravel the things that I've put in the way, the barriers, the blockages, the hindrances that I've placed between us. God, and would you unravel those from around me? God and I surrender myself to you. So as we sing, Come on, bring yourself before God and let Him unravel you. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my Unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies. So long my fears are gone.
be praised with angels and saints we sing worthy are you you will be praised you will be praised with angels and saints we sing worthy are you want us to respond to that right now and I've just asked uh, Aaron to jump on acoustic and I want us to declare uh, the chorus out so all of us together is just lead us in that but I really feel that we need to declare that right now uh, yep there's going to be something cool that happens as we do that.
let's just start to verbalize our praise. Start to verbalize what we're thankful for. You know, why we're here, why we're praising Jesus. Oh, Lord God, we lift you up. Oh, God, you're mighty, you're above all. Thank you for what you've done for us, God. We come into your presence. Oh, Jesus, we exalt you above all else, King of kings, Lord of lords. Holy, oh, so holy. God, who became man all for us. Protect this nature of grace. We glorify your name. We lift you above all else. Lift you up, oh God. We seat you on high. Thank you, Jesus. You are mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. It is good to praise, isn't it? Isn't it? It's good to praise. I find when I praise, there's a freeing within me. I stop looking at myself, and suddenly my eyes are on God. And uh, if you're feeling all self-conscious or caught up with yourself, try praising. It takes your eyes off yourself and focuses them on God, and, and that's an incredible thing. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for leading us. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, why don't you grab a seat for a second? I want to welcome you. We maybe have the house lights up a little bit and the lights of my face down a little bit. Hey, great to see you all. Okay. Hey, guys, great to see you. Yeah. What's up with this side? Hey, young adults, anyone awake? Hey, guys, how's it going? Oh, yeah, now they're just, now they're just here. Oh yeah, I'll start a study, we'll let you off. Going well, hey, it's awesome to see you all here tonight, Um, and hey, it's awesome to praise God. Awesome to worship God in His house, and if this is your first time or second time, or you're not a member of Activate Church, I'd love to welcome you and say a massive welcome. I hope you have an incredible night tonight, and we are already having an incredible night. God's showing up and doing some stuff, and we're not even halfway there, so we've got some incredible things in store for the rest of the night. Has anyone had a birthday or anniversary this week? Birthday? Anyone? Ben, you had a birthday? Yeah, there he is. It's alright, you can stay there. But Wayne's going to come give you some chocolate. Wayne, is, you will get some chocolate. Anyone else had a birthday? <laughs> but who started studying? I know we've got a bunch of students here. Give us a wave if you've started studying. Awesome, good times, isn't it? Yeah, Wayne, throw out some chocolate to the, those who have started studying. Yeah, do it. Hey, but I want to pray over you because I think uh, this is a prayer found in Numbers 6, 24 through to 26. And I think it's an incredible prayer. And it's a prayer of blessing. And I want to declare this over you as you go into your study. Uh, for Ben, as you've had a birthday, happy birthday, mate. I hope it was a good one. But let me pray this over you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you peace. And I pray that this year your studies would go well and you would absolutely smash them. Come on, let's give everyone a clap. Who started studying? That's good. 
just before I jump into the other highlights, could I have one of my drivers or someone who's done shotgun over this week to run up here? If you've driven or done shotgun, come up to the front at uni. You'll know what I mean. If, just come. Just come. Oh, yeah, Roberto is coming. Give him a clap as he comes. Yeah. So some of you won't know, some of you will. We've had an awesome bunch of people uh, hang out uh, with students over the week. And Robin's going to share with you what we've been doing, some of the details. And if he's got a cool story, he can share that as well. I've just put him on the spot, but he loves this kind of thing. 30 seconds. Whole 30 seconds. Uh, so basically, um, a few of us are at Oldstrom Church, because I know there's quite a few of us around here, have been helping the WSU, so the Waikato Student Union, driving um, their students to town and back each night of orientation week, so essentially we're there to keep them safe, to make sure they get there safe, and because obviously they're pretty intoxicated, like they can, some of them can't even walk, so for us to be there it's like real cool because we're just able to take them there and like as well as that we're there for them when they need to get back to uni or back to their halls or back to their houses and so that's how we're able to help uni quite a bit which is cool. Um, a funny story? Um, an appropriate one. Yeah, there was many not appropriate ones. Um, nah, got nothing, bro. Cheers, Robin. Hey, these guys are real legends, and they've been up from about 10 in the evening through to about 4 or 5 in the morning driving these students. Um, I did it on Friday night, and it was a lot of fun, but it's a massive night. But hey, this is what we're doing. This is revealing God's goodness to the community around us. And I think that's an incredible thing. And, and there's been some, I had some awesome God conversations with people. Why are you doing this? Why would you do this? Are you paid for this? No, no, we're not paid. Oh, we're part of a church. We want to make sure you guys are safe and make sure you guys are all right um, as you get out, get out in town. Um, and yeah, to everyone who's helped out, I just want to say a massive thank you. You guys are incredible. Hey, let's give them a, give them a round of applause because that's, that's amazing. A couple things for you to keep in mind. We've got Girls' Day Out coming out, and this is next week. Yeah, Jan's pumped. Um, obviously, I've never had the privilege of attending. I've tried every year. I was like, Jan, can I please come? And she's like, oh, she'd probably say yes. yes. <laughs> I've never asked, but I'm not, I'm not going to go. Sorry, Jan, I'm not going to go. Uh, but if you're a young lady or if you're a lady here who hasn't signed up, please sign up. The easiest way for you to sign up, and it's going to be a fantastic day, uh, this is the last week you can sign up, so next Sunday is the last night. But go on to gdo.echurchevents.com, gdo.echurchevents.com, and uh, sign up. It's an awesome day planned, and uh, you won't regret it for sure. Also, we've got Activate Groups kicking off this year. So if you're not in a group, make sure you get into one. This is a great way to make a big church small. You get a cool bunch of people that you can hang out with uh, and do stuff with and study the Bible together. So I'd really encourage you. It's my personal goal to make sure young adults, you're all involved in an Activate group. So make sure if you're not, come see someone at the front. We've got some incredible life group leader like Wayne here and Tina over there and the Marsdens and Jared and Aram and Melina's not here tonight. Have I missed anyone? I hope not. But make sure you get involved in an Activate group because it's an incredible place to be. And lastly, I'm speaking to young adults here, but, or Andy for our now, but kids is an important part of church. Everyone agree? 
the kids' ministry. We're looking for some leaders to help out. And this may be uh, once a fortnight or once every three weeks. But if you're like, yeah, I really enjoy working with kids. Kids are cool. You can hang out. Uh, easy. Mullah says it is easy. I think he says it's easy. It's not easy. But that's an awesome place to be. So if you're like, yeah, I could, I could hang out once a fortnight, once every two weeks, and, and kids and help lead there. Why don't you come see one of us at the front uh, this evening, and we'll point you in the right direction for that. Sound good? We always need volunteers. Hey, it's my real privilege to welcome Pastor Rex up now, and just a bit of a heads up. He told me before not to boast, but he's been in Christian ministry over 50 years. Over 50 years. That's incredible. That in itself is amazing. Uh, He was ordained at 24 years old, which I'm only 22, and ordained as a minister at 24, that's pretty impressive as well. But Rex is one of our own. He's uh, had many years in pastoral ministry, but he's also currently a lecturer at Vision College. And if any one of you have had the pleasure of being at Vision, you'd have had Lex, uh, Rex as a tutor. Uh, and he's an incredible guy. Hey, but I really want us to be expectant tonight. He's an incredible teacher. And I know he's got something on his heart that he's uh, willing to bring in. He really wants to step us through the process of uh, drawing closer to Jesus. So would you be ready? Would you be willing? Would you be open as he comes? And uh, let's give him a hand as he comes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Wayne. Fantastic to be here with you tonight. And what a privilege it is for somebody my age to be with you, uh, Pastor Sheridan has said that he had a request from some of the young adults that they wanted some people who had life experience and staying power and a bit of longevity to share. So this is a bit of an experiment. So if you get something out of tonight, please let him know, uh, because I think it's a wonderful experiment and very, 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 very humbling for me to be here with you, and, and flattering too. <laughs> Appreciate it so much. I was with you last night, uh, last Sunday night. Uh, it's booming here for me. I guess you sound guys can work it out, but it's okay? All right. Uh, I was listening to Steve McCracken last Sunday. You were here to hear him? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was good, wasn't it? And I was praying about how I could apply what he was saying then to what I should share tonight. And uh, you'll remember that he emphasized that the main thing was to have a relationship with Jesus. All right. The main thing was to keep the main thing the main thing. Is that right? Better turn to your neighbor and say to them, make sure you keep the main thing the main thing. All right? Relationship with Jesus. The very best person I know who can help us relate with Jesus is the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit. He knows Jesus better than anyone else. He lived inside of Jesus and experienced everything that Jesus did, all his emotions, his decision-making. He was the source of Jesus' guidance and power. Jesus never did anything without the assistance and the help of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. So we want to have a relationship with Jesus. The best way, the 
best connection we can make is with the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said in John 16, John 16, verses 13 to 15. Jesus said, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. See, Jesus will take, the Holy Spirit will take the things of Jesus. He'll reveal it to us. You want a relationship with Jesus? Let the Holy Spirit come to you and declare to you the things about Jesus. He's the connection point. So Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said, He will take what is mine and declare it to you. And the wonderful thing is that the same Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus, lived in Jesus, experienced life through Jesus, lives in us. He has already lived a perfect human life in a human being. The Holy Spirit's already done it. And he lives in us. He has lived in the lives of millions of Christians as they've wrestled with doubts, as they've faced opportunities, gone through suffering and martyrdom, the Holy Spirit has done it over and over and over again, and He lives inside of us. We have a perfect expert on the inside of us to help us live our Christian lives. So if I were to uh, invoke any blessing or prayer upon you, it would be the one found in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14, which is commonly the benediction, the prayer of blessing that pastors and ministers and Christian leaders will make over a congregation at the end of a service. Uh, any of you know what it is? The grace, it's called the grace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So if I were to make an invocation or a blessing for you, I'd say, the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Now the word fellowship of the Holy Spirit is the Greek word koinonia. Koinonia. Can you say that? Koinonia. Koinonia. And it can be translated as fellowship, or as contribution, or as partnership. And I'd like to talk to you about the partnership of the Holy Spirit. Let me begin by telling you an experience that I had that transformed my life totally in my relationship with the Holy Spirit and with God. It was during my first pastorate in Palmerston North. That was last millennium. Well, about, about 50 years ago. Last millennium. And I was doing some personal research. I was wanting to find out from God what is the ultimate intention for humankind? What is the, what is the final destiny of human beings? And I was doing some serious research and study and praying about it. 
And uh, some of the things that people came up with was that uh, they believed that the ultimate end was when the devil was defeated and removed. Others said it was when we received an eternal resurrected body. That's the ultimate. Then another declared that the ultimate hope of the early Christians was when God was going to form a new heaven and a new earth. And to me, that just sucked. It didn't inspire me at all. (laughs) But during my research and reading, I came across a little booklet that was called The Divine Masterpiece, which was written by Thomas Rees, who was one of the pastors in our denomination. And uh, I must have been subconsciously pondering about this question about the ultimate purpose, the ultimate reason for our existence. Uh, Because what I was reading didn't exactly express what suddenly came to my mind. Don't know what triggered it. But it came as a revelation, and as with all revelation, it came quite complete. I mean, revelation doesn't come one thought upon another or a tightly reasoned argument. When you get a a revelation, it comes complete, the whole thing. You receive the whole thing in a moment. And it came to me just like that. And I immediately became aware, far more fully aware, of what it meant that my body housed God's Holy Spirit. That my body, my human life, was a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. Now, I'd become a Christian as a teenager, and there's a whole interesting story with that. But by now, uh, I was becoming familiar with a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He was, a, he was a friend. He was a companion. I was able to communicate with the Holy Spirit. So I was enjoying that, that intimate experience for him. But I thought that when I got to heaven, when I got there to be with Jesus, I would no longer need him in my body because I now had eternal life. And I somehow thought that he would remain with me until he got me safely to be with Jesus. And once he had done that, accomplished that role, uh, then he would slip out of me and he would just go and be with wherever he, he dwelt in heaven. You see, when I get to heaven, I expected that I would be able to go to the throne of God and to worship the Father. And then on the right-hand side, on his right-hand side, I could worship Jesus. They had a location, and I could connect with them. And I somehow imagined that I could also go and find out where the Holy Spirit was, and I could connect with him as well. But the revelation that came to me is that the Holy Spirit was going to abide and remain in me forever. He was going to be inside redeemed humanity for eternity. That he wouldn't have a separate location of his own. That's what Jesus said. John 14 verse 16 saying to his disciples, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper. He will be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. And the revelation that came to me was that my body was going to be the permanent dwelling 
of God's Holy Spirit, he would never leave me. He would never have any other place to dwell than in human beings, redeemed human beings. Doesn't have a separate life of his own anymore. Doesn't have a place of his own in heaven that people can go to see him. He's localized within human beings. And our communication, our communication with God's Holy Spirit was to be through human personality. That, that, was, that, that just stunned me, just shook me. I was overwhelmed that the thought of the Holy Spirit not only wanted to be in me, he wanted to be in me, but he also needed to be in me so that he could express himself fully. My body was necessary for him to express himself in physical terms. He had chosen to limit his expression to be exclusively through redeemed humanity. In just the same way as the Holy Spirit expressed himself through the body of Jesus, when Jesus was on earth and through the people that Jesus had commissioned, so now the Holy Spirit is limited to what he can achieve through redeemed humanity. I, it just stunned me. It just overwhelmed me. I gasped. I blurted out, you can't do this, Lord. This is too much. I pushed back from my chair. I began to pace around. I sat down. I walked about. For over half an hour, I didn't know what to do with myself. It took me about two hours to settle down and realize, God, you can't do this. The thing that, the thing that impacted me was his humility. His humility. The holy God was prepared to live in me forever and put up with my brokenness and my weaknesses. I just couldn't believe that he had prepared to do that. I also recognized that the eternal life that I had was his life. His life in me. It wasn't just a quantity or a duration of life. It was a quality, a distinctive quality of life. That Holy Spirit was developing and producing and nurturing and growing inside of me. I realized then that if he ever left me, I would no longer exist. I would no longer have eternal life. I was totally dependent upon him. Totally dependent on God's Holy Spirit. He, he remains inside of us. Whatever we do, whatever we do, whatever we go, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't vacate us and leave us when we start engaging in questionable activities or go to questionable places. For example, if I was going to an X-rated movie, the Holy Spirit doesn't arrest me in the foyer and say, excuse me, Rex, um, I'll just slip outside of you uh, and let you go in and watch that X-rated movie because I'm holy and I don't want to be contaminated by that sensuous, violent, erotic stuff. And I'll get back inside of you when you come out from the movie. No, he doesn't do that. He goes into the movie with me. Whatever I'm engaged with, the Holy Spirit is there. And sometimes we can register the, the disgust and the disappointment and the grief that he experiences when we are exposing ourselves to that kind of behavior 
and activity. The Holy Spirit stays with us. And if we're in tune with him, if we're sensitive to him, we can register his response and reaction to things that we're doing. So that overwhelming, overwhelming realization has made an impact on my life in a couple of ways. The first thing that it did for me was that it made me appreciate my own humanity because I came to realize that Holy Spirit appreciates my humanity. He loves me as a human being. My quirkiness, my sense of humor, the ways I behave and that, he loves me. And I've come to appreciate my own humanity. I began to realize that God had placed an image of himself in me. Just one aspect of his, his divine attributes, his personality, one small characteristic of God that was unique he put in me. I have a God image in me that no other human being has. My destiny in life is to express one attribute, one aspect, one tiny characteristic of God in human terms so that I become a personification of something of God. And if I can take all of redeemed humanity and fit them together, each one demonstrating, personalizing one aspect of God, I can see a total picture of God like a cosmic jigsaw puzzle. Putting us all together, there is a reflection of God. I began to appreciate my humanity. God made me for this. It was a revelation to know that God's Holy Spirit wanted to live in me and that my human spirit was created for him to dwell in. And every human being has been given a human spirit. It's dead in relationship with God, but you were given that. You were destined to receive God's Holy Spirit in your human spirit. You were destined to be born again of God's Holy Spirit and start the journey toward your ultimate destiny and fulfillment in life. You haven't started to find your ultimate intention, your ultimate destiny, until you've been born of God's Holy Spirit. You need Jesus in your life. You need to begin to really live by asking Jesus to come into your life and to serve him, make him your Lord. So I think a good exercise for some of us would be to stand in front of a mirror and imagine the Holy Spirit inside of us, the Holy Spirit speaking to us as we're looking in a mirror, uh, these words. And I want you to repeat this phrase after me. In fact, if one of two of you would like to stand up and imagine yourself standing in front of a mirror right now, that's good. But say after me this phrase. This is the Holy Spirit in you speaking to you. Say after me, you're a good person. I like you. I am pleased to live inside of you and enjoy partnering with you in revealing Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying about you. I like you. I enjoy being with you. I want to partner with you. So appreciate your humanity. 
Yeah. Then secondly, I learned that God's Holy Spirit compensates for me and makes up for what I lack. This is awesome. I've learned to build in an expectation of God's blessing over and above my own ability. I know that I can assess my skills, my experience, my understanding. I know that I can sit down and calculate, well, with, with what I have got, I can expect a certain result, a certain outcome, because I've got these talents and abilities that God has given to me. But I realize that I can't do everything, and I know now that the God, God's Holy Spirit compensates for the things that I don't have. And that his blessing upon my life causes me to achieve much, much, much more than I would never, ever achieve on my own. He compensates for me, makes up for what I lack, makes me adequate for all kinds of situations and and opportunities that I'd never be able to do by myself. See, I know I'm not as well educated or smart enough to come up with the insights or the observations that sometimes come to me. The Holy Spirit provides for me. Holy Spirit makes up for what I lack. <clears throat> One of the Greek words that I learned at Bible school when I was here in... Um, Hamilton. I did my Bible school training with an apostolic Bible school uh, over in Grace Street at the back of the Graceway building under a man called Doc Greenway. And uh, one of the first Greek words that fascinated me and that I learned about was the Greek word sun anti lambanetai. You reckon you could say that? Sun anti lambanetai. Sun together with Anti, against, lambanetai, to take hold. So, sun, together, against, to take hold. Simply it means to cooperate or to help. It's, it's, it's kind of like a picture of a tug of war. Here's a team that's being pulled over the line and they say, hey, come and help us. And you go along and you assist them with it. So, he's a helper. He's like that. Come and take Hold together with us against our opponents or whatever it is. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And if we're experiencing all kinds of pressures and weights, well, the pulling of a heavy weight or bearing up under pressure, a person would just say, hey, come and help me. Give me a hand here. And the Holy Spirit does come. He is a great helper. And he compensates you know, that you have deep-sea divers. You have people go down in bathspheres, deep down into the ocean. And the external pressures come against it and would crush it, but they build up the pressure on the inside and it compensates, it balances it out. And uh, the pressures are evened out. That, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. Yeah. Why don't you say, say to your neighbor, the Holy Spirit's a good helper. Holy Spirit's a good helper. Good to have him on your side. Help you out. <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit helps us. He comes to our assistance when we experience pressures or strong pulls against us. Uh, he compensates. Uh, first car I ever bought was a Hillman. And on the carburetor, they used to have a compensating jet. And uh, I, I had real problems with my little old Hillman. 
Pastor Trevor here, he knows it, was a blue car and that. And they were traveling along the highway, it would start to splutter and that. The compensating jet was when you wanted to accelerate, you put your foot down and it enabled extra fuel to go in so that you could have the power that was necessary. And if the compensating jet got clogged up, you'd put your foot down to accelerate and uh, nothing would happen. So I would have to stop the car on the side of the road, up the bonnet, get out a screwdriver, uh, a spanner, open it up, blow it out, and get it all going again. Did that a few times in my life. The compensating jet. The Holy Spirit's the compensator. When we need extra acceleration, when we need extra power, he's there, available, always for us. Hallelujah. So... Let's enter into partnership with the Holy Spirit, shall we? Uh, pastor Yong Yi Cho, who's the pastor of the largest church in the world in Seoul in Korea, he, has, he talks about the partnership with the Holy Spirit. And just before he stands up to preach, he makes this little statement. Come on, Holy Spirit. Let's do it. Come on, Holy Spirit. Let's do it. And we can expect the Holy Spirit to compensate for us. Let me tell you a story. That's one of the reasons why you want us here, isn't it? The old guys can tell stories. <laughs> this one goes back a long, long way. In fact, it's the story when I was the leader, the, the witness leader of the youth group that was here in Hamilton in our church. <clears throat> the you know, going way back in history, what Activate has become, we were involved with more than 50 years ago. And I was the youth leader, and I decided that I'd like to help develop some of our youth in leadership skills. So I asked some of the guys if they would organize a day trip to the chateau and back. I asked them if they had hired the bus and arranged the meals and everything else for it. And, uh, and part of the exercise was that we were going to um, invite our pre-Christian friends. People who weren't Christians, we'd invite them to come along and be with us. Now, Pastor Trevor Wilson was one of those youth that organized it. So I'm going to ask him to come on out. Would you grab a microphone from someone, Peter, Trevor? Do you mind? I didn't know that Trevor was going to be here. So I've sprung this on him. <laughs> Do you remember the event? I remember it. He remembers it. Okay, well. You're, you're setting me up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is going to be fun. It's a, it's a memory. Well, the morning we were met in the dark, um, began to get on the bus, and amazingly, all the pre-Christians, the guys that weren't Christians, amazingly, they discovered each other very quickly. And instead of staying with their Christian friends, they all gathered as a group, and they went down to the back of the bus, you know? <laughs> and there they had their cigarettes and their cards and their literature, because <clears throat> drugs and um, electronic devices weren't around then, in those days. And they kind of separated themselves from the rest of us. They were a bit, you know, they were cool. They were macho, you know, special. They were special. <laughs> That's got a bit of history, hasn't it? 
So we got to the top of the Bruce on the Ruapehu, and, and the Christian kids had come prepared, and you know we had a ball throwing snow, and we got lino and uh, um, vinyl, and we just scooted all over. We had we had fun. Um, the other kids, they they'd packed together, and they were being super cool, you know, and they weren't prepared to make silly fools of themselves, and. Uh, Pretty soon they got bored and they went back to the bus. Well, on the return trip, it's getting dark and we were coming into Otrahonga. As we came over the brow of a hill, I saw the lights of Otrahonga and I just called out, Oh, that's beautiful. And simultaneously, at the same moment, the driver of the bus said, Oh, oh because the lights of the bus came down over the brow of the hill on an accident that had just happened. The dust was still swirling around, the wheels were still spinning, and he stopped the bus, and he jumped out, ran out, came back in a moment, and said, we've got to get help. We'll have to prize some people out. He ran down the bus. He pointed to Trevor, and several others, maybe maybe eight or a dozen of the youth, all the Christian youth remarkably, come and give me a hand. And out they went. Nobody told them what to do. Uh, I stumbled in the dark across the fields to a nearby house to, to make a phone call and try and get some help. What was your memories of it? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Well, my memories. <clears throat> well, I was enjoying my seat in the bus with my girlfriend. <laughs> I think that. Was... <laughs> yeah. And so here we are, more than 50 years later, I've still got my girlfriend. <laughs> but um, yeah, what were my memories? Were well, I suppose. Um, I just saw a need and dived in and, and my, immediately I saw several things that needed to happen and, pro and proceeded to put it in place. But the thing that has stuck with me all my life since then was it was a painter's, what oh, we would right. call a station wagon now. Yeah. It was an old, old Bedford PC, yeah, I can still remember. Yeah. And it was on its side. Was it on its yeah, side? It I can't side. remember. It would have been over in here. But yeah. uh, I can remember all the paint tins that opened and it was oil-based paint in those yeah, days, yeah. and it had gone right through the vehicle, and it was all over him, the driver, and gone through and onto the engine and the exhaust, and so you had this burning smell of hot oil paint and wondering whether it was going to catch fire. And that horrible smell, accompanied with, must have been a lot of alcohol in there. Yeah. He reeked, and the vehicle wrecked it. We didn't know whether he'd been drinking or not or whether it was just that it had smashed around him. Well, there were and broken he was a, as well. He know? was a bloody mess and and uh, um, uh, and so yeah so we yeah. well nobody told the youth what to do no human being told them what to do but they spun up and down the road to begin to direct traffic the trainee nurses that were with us they immediately went to those that were really in, in trouble and and they faced death that night there, I think there was a body that was thrown over the, 
uh, ditch and we didn't find it till later on. And, uh, was there another vehicle? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I think there were three vehicles. Mm. Oh, at well, least yeah, two. I can't remember that. I can yeah. run. I can <laughs> there were bodies. Are you sure around. it wasn't four or five? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I can just remember this guy that was dying yeah. in his seat there, no seatbelts, of course. Yeah, that's mm. right. And, and, and the youth, they were brilliant. Uh, they were helping the driver to improvise with equipment to prize people out of these vehicles and that sort of thing. And, and I, I was just astonished at how efficient, how, how practiced they seemed to be as they just got in and did it. After it was all over, you know, the assistants came along, the ambulances, the police and that sort of thing, I looked up at the bus and all of the pre-Christians had not left the bus. They were sitting there with their faces pressed against the windows, helplessly looking on at the rest of us. And at that moment I realized the difference, the difference of having the Holy Spirit inside of you, who gives you urges, prompts you, guides you, compensates for your lack of experience, makes up for what you cannot do yourself and makes you adequate mm. and empowers you to do the job. Mm. Second nature, or, or perhaps it's actually first nature, when you're walking with inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you want to unpack that a little bit? Uh, well, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> uh, well, many, many times over the years, and in fact, right till this morning's service actually I, I hear things of the Holy Spirit inspiring me and many times I speak or do something and they think well that was kind of good yeah. but it wasn't me Yeah. and, and that's, that's the partnership I think Isn't how, it? Do, how do you describe that but it's yeah. real I know I couldn't have achieved a fraction of what I have done if it was only in my strength yeah me too me too we give God all the glory eh yeah, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much, Trevor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit helps us to live right and act right. And my invocation over your life is, may you experience the partnership of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, if you don't have that kind of experience, I want to give you the opportunity to begin the journey. And you begin the journey by asking Jesus to come into your life, to renounce your sin, your previous way of living and behaving, choosing to live for Jesus, make him the Lord of your life, and you can begin this remarkable journey of partnering with God's Holy Spirit and beginning to discover and fulfill your destiny in life. And I'm going to get us all to repeat a prayer after me. And after I've prayed the prayer, and you've said it, I'm going, if it's been the first time you've prayed a prayer like that, or you've made that kind of commitment, I'm going to invite you to indicate it to me, so that we'll know that you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour. That tonight you are deciding to begin the journey for destiny and fulfillment. Right. You're going to ask Jesus to begin the, become the Lord of your life, to control you, 
and you'll find the exciting fulfillment of your personal, personal life. You may have never accepted the forgiveness that Jesus offers and come into a loving relationship with God before. Today, if you feel you can trust him, if you want to receive his eternal life, if you want to be born of God's Holy Spirit, would you pray after me? Let us pray. Call it out loud. Dear Father in heaven, I come to you today and thank you for loving me and sending your Son to earth to show me what you are really like and to die on this cross for my sins. I'm sorry for the things I've done and ask you to please forgive me. I'm finishing with those things and want to make a new start. Lord Jesus, please come into my life and change me forever. I want to live for you and follow you and be the person you want me to be. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Renew my mind and show me what you want me to do. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I accept your forgiveness and confess that you are now my Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time in your life and you would like to begin a Christian lifestyle, would you just like to indicate it to me? Just wave a hand, catch my attention in some way. Yes, I see your hand. Yes. Thank you. I see two people have indicated they want to do that. Are there any others? Oh, this is awesome. You know, and I believe that you want to make a fresh start in life. You want to live with Jesus as controller and Lord of your life. And I pray that God will do what only he can do. Give you a sense of forgiveness. The past is finished. Give you a sense of the Holy Spirit coming into your life, giving you a brand new start, a new beginning. And as Pastor Sheridan says, when people make a decision for Jesus like this, all heaven throws a party and we celebrate as well. Thank you, Pastor Rex. Thanks so much. That was Long. an incredible word. Uh, I know I was challenged by that, and I hope you are too. How's your partnership with the Holy Spirit? There's things that you can take away and think about, and don't, let's, don't just let that sit uh, in the back shelf or on your phone, but have a read through, have a think. What can you do? Uh, what can you change? What is God prompting you to do uh, to make a difference? Now, this is to the youth. What is your take-home question for the week? It is, what is prayer? So what is prayer for youth? That's your take-home question. And if you're a member of Activate Church, giving is part of what we do. Please be purposed in your giving. And there are giving stations in both foyers, so um, please be purposed in that. But otherwise, 
Let's finish the gathering there. You guys can just jam, eh? Sounds great. Bless you guys. Good night. Hey guys, just so everyone knows, um, young adults are coming back to our flat tonight, so if you don't know where that is, ask either myself or Aram and yeah, so just bring like a dessert or something to share, be cool.
Yeah.